So it was early Sunday morning when Ivan returned my call. And I said, oh, Ivan, I said, I'm so glad you called. And said, it's good to hear from you. But he says, uh, what's going on? And so I told him that James had been found murdered. He says, well, somebody came over to the apartment on Thursday night, the Thursday before James was killed. He calls and gives me this full-blown story about some pizza delivery guys showing up at his house. And he knocks on his door. And I briefly look out and I see that there's a, a gentleman standing there. I could tell he was holding a pizza box and wearing a Domino's pizza shirt. He was dressed like a Domino's pizza delivery guy. So I, you know, I'm thinking they got the, the wrong apartment, so I, I answer the door. Ivan said he opened the door. The guy come in his home, brandished a pistol. And forces me on my knees and put the gun to my head. And he's roughly about uh, six feet tall. Clearly a Mexican guy, but with, with fair skin. He's wearing dark black rimmed glasses. His hair was kind of pulled back like either like in a ducktail or like a ponytail. It was kind of slicked back past his shoulders a little bit. He was a Domino's pizza delivery guy that looked like John Travolta. And he had a, a chrome gun in his right hand. Nothing was in his left hand. And at, at the time, I did not notice that he, he had a list of 25 people that were going to be executed. This dude uh, was looking to collect either two hundred or $250,000 that James owed money. 50000 has been paid. He still owes two fifty. And this guy was basically a collector. Then that's when he says that his name's Matt. He told me he was from the Valley. To show me that he wasn't messing around is when he, when he fired over my shoulder and shot at the wall. What the hell? I'm looking at Anthony and I'm like, dude, this, this is not sounding good. Well, I'm thinking that the man's going to kill me, but he doesn't. He leaves shortly after. When I look out the window, he got into a black Lincoln, an old black Lincoln box style. I want to say uh, late 80s, maybe early 90s. And that's when the car was, was leaving the complex. There was no pizza box out front. So he picked up the pizza box when he left. When this thing goes to court and trial, I have one shot and one opportunity to be not guilty or I go to prison in death row. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the reality of it. We have busted alibis. We have caught people in lies. This is just insane because everybody's pointing the finger at somebody else. You just don't hear every day walking in somebody's house, they're going to take the plastic out and pop somebody. So he could get the execution date pretty much any day? Yeah. There's no impediment. This is Cousins by Blood. Episode 29, The Pizza Man. I had spoken with probably a hundred people regarding this case. And before season three, I asked Ivan to send me a final list of any additional name that I should try talking to. As season three would be the final season. I figured it'd be around five to 10 people, but Ivan sent me a list of another 50 names. I couldn't believe that there were still that many other people to talk to, but there were. And at this point, I've talked to most of them. So it's always interesting to hear from someone who Ivan has never mentioned before. A guy named Ryan had left me a voicemail the night before the interview you're about to hear. I had never heard Ryan's name from Ivan or from anyone else. 
On the voicemail, he said he went to school with all these guys, Ivan, James, Carlos, and Anthony, and he wanted to talk to me. I had left him a message earlier in the day, and he called me back around 5 p.m. that evening. Here's Matt. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Hey, good, buddy. How are you? Pretty good. This is Ryan. Hey, so I, okay. I grew up well, with cool. all those guys, man. Your name is one that I've never uh, heard come up. And well, it's because so I was always prison, awesome man. to... I was speaking over Ryan, but he said he went to prison. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, see... What, I grew up with Anthony and uh, and me and Anthony, hell, Carlos, uh, uh, Ivan, I mean, my wife, we all grew up together, man, went to school together, uh, and I I, I lost track with Ivan, but I stayed in touch with uh, Carlos and Anthony, and up to the point to where um, that house that uh, Carlos had out there off of, uh, uh, what what was the street, man, the two-story out there in Frisco, that big one? Yeah, Bocourt. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I, I actually rented that uh, that house from him back in 2000, right after all this went down. Because that's not weird. Wow. The interweaving connections of this case are always fascinating, even down to the houses. You'll remember Ivan bought the Bow Court residence with his first wife, but he hit the downward spiral. Then Carlos bought the house. He and Anthony were living there when Sylvia and Ivan's aunt Penny went to go pick up the Mustang in episode six. And now Ryan is saying he rented the house from Carlos shortly thereafter. Why did he get out of there? I don't know. Um, man, Carlos had a had a kiosk back back in the day in, in uh, Dallas in the in the Valley Mall. Uh, he used to sell watches. Or and so here's why I went to jail. Um, Carlos would. I mean, he used to have some shade characters come up there. Too. I used to manage up a good year, and um, I used to give. He used to bring his customers' credit card numbers to me. Um, and I would, ex- in exchange, I would put wheels and tires on his, his cars, his wife's cars, his buddy's cars. And his buddies were these guys that were coming up from South Texas. Getting t- back in the day, that was when 20s first come out. And they were all getting 20s on their cars and, you know, you know just hooking them up, really. And so I ended up going to prison over all that um, because of the credit card. It was called credit card abuse. That was a charge because we were using his customers' credit cards to pay for the rims and tires. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but uh, he didn't get uh, jammed up for that, or what? Well, they said they just give us the guy's name who gave gave you the numbers, and and uh, they didn't say they'd let me go, but they wanted to work a deal, and I wouldn't work a deal. So I never gave him Carl for the numbers. But here's the thing about that. So right after that, I was living in his, his house at the time. Uh, I was renting from him, um, and he he then kicked my then wife and two small children out of the house, and this was in the winter. Kicked him out on the street, man, with nowhere to go. Just told him to get out. And Carlos is kind of an intimidating person. He's not to me, but to, you know, to a woman or to if somebody that doesn't know him, he's kind of intimidating. You know, he's kind of a big Mexican guy. Um, and he, he's right. He flashes a lot of uh, jewelry. He's always got money. He always has had money. I don't know how, but he always does. But uh, back then, he had like a you know big body Benz. His wife drove a Corvette. He had a 300 uh, uh, GT. Anthony was living with him. Um, have you ever heard the name Jason King? Oh yeah, okay. Well, see, you know, me, you know Jason. Oh yeah, yeah. I went to school with Jason. I mean, but at Lakeview, I got kicked out of Mesquite schools. I went over to Lakeview. 
and you'll remember Anthony said he and Jason King were deer hunting the weekend of the murders. So Jason King was his alibi, but I've never heard back from Jason to confirm. We used to go down to Jason's dad's lived down in Louisiana. We used to go down there and go, you know, gambling, and his dad was a high roller, man. We used to go hang out at the ranch and stuff like that. Ryan's wife was apparently trying to steer the conversation in the background. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, she wants me to just turn everything over to you, like right now. Because, as it would turn out, Ryan would have a bombshell, but we'll get there. So get back to where he was bringing in the, the rims and tires. So He's referring back to Carlos. I had a banshee. You know what a banshee is, a four-wheeler, like a race four-wheeler. Anthony come up, because they were hanging out, you know, over there. It's kind of a hangout place. He's like, man, let me ride your four-wheeler. I was like, Dave, no, it's not a regular four-wheeler. It thinks fast. It'll, it'll hurt you. He said, no, man, I got it. I got it. So he goes out. And my workers told me, hey, man, your boy just wrecked on your, on your four-wheeler. Bad. Sure enough, man, he comes back in, bones sticking out of his elbow, right? Well, back then, remember, Anthony had warrants for his arrest. That's why they held him when he went to, uh, when they went to the police station for the for the dope charges, right? He said, yeah. "I can't go to the emergency room. I got warrants." He thought they were going to run his number, or whatever. Call the police. I said, "Well, here, take my ID and take my insurance card." So he goes in. He goes have surgery on his arm, and he's, he comes back out. I didn't know he was going to have to have surgery, but had surgery on his arm under my name, under my insurance back then. And went and stayed at Jason King's house to recover. And um, so I go over to get my stuff back. And to this day, man, they still ask me about my pins and screws in my elbow. Is it crazy? So what I'm doing is I'm trying to get you to understand I know these guys. I mean, I don't know these guys. After junior high, is I, I lost track with him and Anthony until I met back up with them. And like, man, I'm going to say, man, it was like right after... It had to be right after this happened. This happened in, in uh, November of 2000, right? So I bet I saw him. I got back with him in like January or February of 2000 when we still all started hanging out again. Me, him, Anthony, Jason King. Um, and then that was kind of it. That was kind of a, a core group there. Like we'd have to either go to Carlos's grandma's house down in Waco. And you'll remember that's where Carlos said he was around the time of the murders. Or we'd go hang out at Jason King's dad's ranch in Louisiana after we went gambling and all that. That was kind of our deal. So what did you know about their drug dealing? Oh, man, dude. I mean, uh, Carlos, that's where I used to get on. See, I used to be addicted to pain pills, and that's where I got along was Carlos. If you wanted coke, you could always go to Carlos to get it. What kind of quantity did you know that? Oh, uh, man, Carlos was always having money. Dude, Carlos always had big money, dude. Uh, and, and tens of thousands. He always had money. And it was always from, he didn't ever work. I mean, he had a kiosk and stuff like that, but he, it was always from undermined shady shit, like stolen cars or just selling drugs, you know, cocaine and stuff like that. I never bought any in quantity, like big quantity, but I know that he was dealing in big quantities. I mean, we're talking about like 10 pounds a week or something like that. 10 pounds of Coke a week. So that's a lot. I don't know how much that is. 10 pounds of Coke? Yeah, of Coke. I was told by an officer that a pound of cocaine in Dallas in 2000 would be ballpark about $15,000. And that's before it's even cut. So uncut, 10 pounds, would be around $150,000. A week. You I've seen it. Physically yeah. yeah, hell yeah. I mean, he's broke it out. Of, have you ever seen a kilo of cocaine, what it looks like? It looks like a loaf of bread, really. That's what his looked like. When he broke it open, it was like a loaf of bread. It was this long, square, rectangular 
key they you know called a bird and that's what he chopped he chopped me some off of it and that's how i got mine dude i'm talking about this guy was doing it big i mean it was so crazy that i, I was scared to even be in the same house i'm telling you right now dude i when i was 17 i went to tdc for delivery of lsd to i sold to an undercover cop i went back two more times after that i've done a total of 12 years i'm being very honest with you man Carlos was worse than I ever thought about being, and he's never gotten in trouble for it. I mean, Anthony's not a bad guy either. You know, he got busted with some dope or something like that. And he's just always trying to show off for Carlos or something always. Uh, he always idolized Carlos. But how did Carlos, he yeah. not get – because I've seen his arrest records. He just he always get, too much on him. But because he didn't do the dirty deeds himself. He always has people around him, man. Like, Anthony would have done anything in the world for him. So I guarantee you that was Carlos' stuff that he got – trafficking and that's why Carlos never gets people just don't tell on him man and I, and I was one of them and I, that's all I had to do was tell him his name and they went, went and arrested him and I didn't and I'm, I ended up doing five years over that shit so get back to where he was bringing in the rims and tires so y'all looking for like a, a black Lincoln like limousine is that what kind of car they were Ivan said yeah. that the pizza man he got into a black Lincoln, an old black Lincoln box style. I want to say late uh, late eighties, maybe early nineties. Yeah, well, they brought up they brought one of those cars up there to me. Uh, it was one of his friends, and this guy was like a uh, like a cholo, long haired, I don't uh, Mexican dude, and you could tell you you didn't want to mess with this dude. He just had that that look about him, that way about him. Was wearing a trench coat, but that's what he was driving. Was was I don't know if that fits the bill of the guy that I've been saying is pizza man, but I have seen a car that resembles that. Looks what he's talking about, um, and I put rims and tires on it at the place that day, um, and it was Carlos's friend. Yeah. And they were coming up from the, from the valley. Really? Yeah. You'll remember that Ivan said the quote unquote pizza man told him he was from the valley, and that's referring to the Rio Grande Valley. I mean, I know this okay. is all like, you know, circumstantial and all that, but I can't believe that, that nobody's looked into Carlos more heavily than than they have. I don't understand that because Carlos is shady, man. I feel like shady big time. Okay, but let's back up to that. So describe what you remember that guy driving man. Lincoln looking like. Golly, I would say back then I would say he's probably like 5'10", maybe. Um well, keep in mind, I'm having to look up from my knees. I want to say, you know, he, I want to say he was about six feet tall. Could be an inch lower or an inch higher. You could tell you he worked out, but he wasn't like real stocky and big. And how much would you figure he'd weigh? Uh, maybe 180 to 190. But the one description that stood out the most was... His hair was kind of pulled back like either like an duck or like a ponytail. It was kind of slicked back. And it was, it was barely long. It went, it went back past his shoulders a little bit. And he had long hair. I would say shoulder length, all of it, you know, was going back, you know, like slick back hairdo. But he was always playing with it, man. It seemed like, have you ever seen Antonio Banderas? It's always like he was kind of just messing with it, you know, tying it back or something. It just reminded me of Antonio Banderas. Is well, that the kind of, is that Ivan, what Ivan described the hair like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction. Ivan said it was pulled back into a tight ponytail, but it yeah. looked like it would have been about shoulder-length hair. See, that's what he would do. He would pull it back and he'd put it in that you know ponytail thing. It would be tight against his head. But when he would let it go, it would have body to it. 
So I guess it could just kind of be both. That's too coincidental. Well, I mean, I don't believe it's coincidence. And so, but the, the, and that was the guy that was driving yeah. the box car Lincoln. Exactly, that was the guy. Yeah, dude, we put ribs and tires well, on it, dude. I know that for a fact. I mean, and it was like a like a ninety, I don't know, ninety three, ninety five, something like that. I don't, I could, I can't be totally for sure, but it was the square body uh, Lincoln town car, totally black, black windows. We put twenties on. I don't remember what kind of tires, rims, but that's all that we ever put on any of their tires. And he's like one of those cholo Hispanic dudes, like you know, you they kind of had that mean look about them, but they're real. They're, he was clean. He didn't look dirty, but he just you know, he looked like he. he you didn't want to fuck with him. You know what I'm saying? He looked hard. I can't tell you if he had facial hair or not. I don't, I don't remember. But all I know is he was very quiet, dude. And um, he didn't ever talk to me, per se. He always went through Carlos. I mean, he never had anything to say to me. You could just tell this, these people were... And he told me they were pimps is what he told me they were, who they were. These guys are these guys are all pimps. And it was like six of them. But that was one of the vehicles that they brought up to. All the other ones were like sports cars or like Mercedes or like back then, like the IROC Zs or... You know, like uh, Carlos's big body bids or her Corvette, things like that. And then this, this, you know, blinking comes in, and that, that's why it stuck out to me because I didn't have a car like that from his people. That was the only one that was like that. I feel like he looked like he was. Like, if I was to say I was 27 at the time, uh, he had. Uh, he, it seemed to me like he might have been like 30, 32 or something to me. But was that kind of bit the bill? Uh, well, Ivan said he would probably be like somewhere in the mid 30s, he figured. Oh, well, there you go. See, I'm telling you, man, this is the same guy, dude. Did he wear glasses? The guy oh, shit. Glasses? Because Ivan said he's wearing dark black rimmed glasses. Man, I, it was a summer, so I bet he had sunglasses. I don't know that he wore like glasses, glasses. But and I and I couldn't I wouldn't testify to that that he did or didn't I don't know. But everything but else you feel everything pretty... else. Yeah, dude, I haven't talked to Ivan since since school, man. The junior high. And I don't know nothing about all this. All I know is when I heard about that guy and that and that car, I told my wife. I mean, that, that car's been to my my shop. And she said, you know, you need to tell him. Why do you think that that guy was from the valley? Oh no, he told me these these guys are from the valley. He said he's going to bring them up. He was telling me ahead of time that, that they were coming up to get the, the, the rims of tires, and he was that he was sending them pictures, and and I ordered them for them so that they would be there when they got there because they were giving me fifteen hundred bucks a piece. That's how I made my money. You see what I'm saying? So each set of rims of tires, I pocketed fifteen hundred cash, and they got them put on. And, and I guess I don't know what Carlos how his deal went with them. But it, I guess he was just hooking them up type deal. I don't know. I don't know if he owned them money. I don't know. But that was a hell of a deal. I mean, I was getting basically you know, three, four thousand dollars worth of set of rims and tires for fifteen hundred bucks. There was no paper trail of like you know. Oh, you, you would yeah, there would be no trail. way to. Is there a but way I bet to you didn't use that name? I'm figuring. Yeah, yeah, and here's the thing: we always put down the wrong license plate number and all that shit because I knew there'd always be paper on it because I put paper on it because that's the only way I could get them out of inventory. So there had to be paper. But we never put the right car, the right license plate, the right name. So that kind of screws us. Yeah, but dang, that... <laughs> all Everything else matches with that guy. Yeah, man. I mean, that's uh, it's got to be the same guy. It's got to be. And that's, you know, this is a, 
a 47 year old guy, man, who's trying to remember that many years back. And I, I rem- this guy just stands out for me like you, you wouldn't believe. I mean, like a sore thumb. Not because uh, that you heard the podcast. I heard something come up about the car. And that's why I said, man, that car, I've, I've seen that car. But I didn't, I just know who brought that car to my shop. And now you're saying that's what the guy looked like. Then that's what, that's what it is. I never heard his description of this guy. Because he, my wife will be listening to it, on, you know, in and out. And I'll step in for a second and I'll listen. And that's just bits and pieces. I've never sat down and listened to it. But she has. You didn't hear Ivan describe the guy. No, never, ever. You just never. heard the. She told you me just about heard the, the description man. of the car. Exactly, right. and she's the one that told me about the pizza man. I have heard bits and pieces of it, and that was one of the, the bits I heard was about the car. You know, kind of sticking my head wow. in and out. I have no reason to to lie. Well, I guess I could probably do. I probably have reason to help Ivan. You know, fucking put cars on the fucking bus, but I'm not. And if it all came down to it, they somehow miraculously have me trial and they want to call me in for you know, whatever reason, I wouldn't be a very good witness because of my background. But I'm as honest as the day is long, man. Got to be the same guy, dude. It's just amazing that I was that close to him. You know, I mean, I mean, I put shit on his car. It's, it's wild. It's kind of eerie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It was uh, the year 2000. I don't remember if exactly if this had happened yet. Well, you, when, when did this happen? In November? You know, November you know what this, that, that was right before this happened because it was like July, August. It was right before 9-11. Because I was, it was. I remember nine eleven happening right after that. So it was like first well, of September. Well, not no nine eleven was two thousand one. Okay, so so it had already happened then, hadn't it? Because this was like August uh, or September well, of two thousand one. So that's when you would have seen this guy. That's when I saw this guy in in July, August, or September, right in there. So it would have been after the murders. It would have been after the murders. Yeah. As you'll remember, the Vordire process started around 9-11, so this possible pizza man interaction with Ryan would have been just months before Ivan's trial, which is very interesting, because this is part of Carlos's trial testimony about the pizza man. Carlos told the court what Ivan had told him over the phone about the pizza man, and then the prosecution asked, Did you believe that story about the pizza man and all... 
When you were hearing it, did you believe it? No. Well, that meant your friend of all those years was just lying to you. Exactly. Well, did you know that at the time? When I heard the story, then I knew. When you heard what story? When I heard the Domino's Pizza story. You knew what? That the story wasn't for real. Is it because of the amount or just the absolute... Just the nonsense of it. All right. Now, did you tell him you didn't believe him? No. Why not? Because I had the police in my house and I was trying to get him back to Dallas. So if that really was the same guy at Ryan's shop, you would have to assume that Carlos would have known the pizza man story was real. Carlos knew the pizza man. And not only that, Carlos was the one that had the cops come over and had Ivan tell the pizza man's story as the cops were listening in the other room on speakerphone. Where's there smoke, there's fire. That's what I know. And there's a lot of smoke under his ass, and there always has been, and he's always got away with everything, dude. He's always been like this. So in order to get some, you know, to tie Carlos down, you're going to have somebody tell on him. And probably the only person that would have told on him would be that Amy chick, and she's dead now. And I know in my heart, I know in my heart, that that dude, if, he, if they do execute him, man, they are committing murder. And I can't believe that, I, that, that Carlos is letting it go down like that. I guess he's saving his own ass. It's gotta be. There's always gonna be that too, looming thing about Carlos, but there's always gonna be a looming thing about Carlos because that motherfucker's involved. What makes you think just, that, you know, that Carlos could have been? Man, just how he is, just the Lincoln and the guy and bringing him to my shop I mean that connects him to me that connects him to it in a way that that he had to be involved or but if he is and, it, and, it, and it's going down like that and Ivan was really set up then it's had to go back some months at least right to even kind of get this thing to flow like it did with all the people and the players but he has that mentality he could do that and Anthony I hate to say this about Anthony I like Anthony man but he was so enamored by Carlos dude, that I, I bet he would do anything for him. Not that he would, I don't think he would pull the trigger, but help him put the pieces in place. And I can see Anthony doing that. But don't, but don't take this as I'm trying to retaliate against Carlos, because I'm not. Uh, if I want to retaliate, I'll go put my hands on him. And that's not what this is. I'm telling you from, from the bottom of my heart, on everything that I love, Carlos is a bad motherfucker, and Anthony is not. If anybody could mastermind this, it would be Carlos. And get it to go like it did, it would be Carlos. It always has been Carlos. If the pizza man is real, that changes everything. Although I said at the end of season two... I was crossing Carlos and Anthony off my list because I couldn't find anything tying them to the crime. Well, this new information puts them right back at the top of the list. I said at the end of season two, I couldn't prove Carlos and Amy worked together at Baby Dolls, but I can't disprove that either. 
So could Ivan have been right all along about his hunch that Carlos and Amy knew each other prior? I also said I couldn't prove Anthony had the key to Ivan and Amy's apartment. But again, I can't disprove it. That key would give Carlos and Anthony access to plant all of the evidence in Ivan's apartment. And could that message left for Amy on Kramer's answering machine be this Anthony after all? But let's look at this from the other side. It could be argued that Ryan has an ax to grind with Carlos, as Ryan said he went to prison due to their credit card scam. And Carlos kicked Ryan's then-wife and children out of the Beaucourt residence, as he said, in the winter, with nowhere to go. Although Ryan does have more than a checkered past himself, he was straightforward about that. And it's hard to imagine Ryan concocting this whole story and wanting to get in the middle of this deal if this wasn't his actual recollection. So let's say Ryan was telling the truth, as he remembered. It could also be argued that that was a similar-looking man driving a similar-looking car. All of these scenarios are plausible and need to be considered. But considering Ivan is on death row and his life is on the line, Ryan's story is just too compelling to dismiss. So as we go into the home stretch of this investigation and podcast, it would seem all of the players are still on the field. From day one, we've, people have questioned whether or not I'm telling the truth. But as we look into things, it, it seems like with this case, we're having to prove the unbelievable. But do you recall yeah. Frank coming up to see you at all that day? Uh, no. Uh-uh. I don't. I wonder if he would have been out in 2000, though. In 2000, Mario was out. And Johnny Moe, they were both out in 2000. So how can you find the gun on the couch? Ivan did not leave the weapon at my house. She did. She was there all day by herself at my apartment. So how would that get in my apartment? Her? Do you remember what kind of metal the ring was made out of? No, I don't. Do you remember testifying that it was it was a platinum ring? Okay. I have no idea. I don't know jewelry that well. You don't? No. And also, uh, she said something about a, a Rolex. The Rolex never was stolen. My sister had the Rolex. I just thought a lot of this whole thing was strange. But the same token, after interviewing Amy as many times as I did, I, I had to believe her. You know, that's one of the things I thought, like, well, you know, is there another party that's out there that Amy was protecting? You know, Ivan worked for me for a while. You realize that. Ivan sometimes was supposed to go do things, and he didn't do them. He, you know, he had a way to bullshit people, man. And I know he's got the capability to tell you a sensational story that is just believable. 
look at the evidence that we present to lay out. They'll clearly say that, that I'm an innocent person, I do not belong in jail, I do not belong here, and that I never harmed or hurt James or Amy. I, I don't know if I would have the guts to do that, you know? I mean, honestly. But there's just too many variables you just can't explain, you know? It's like, man, I hear what you're saying, but gosh, damn. He started learning they found the gun over at Tawny's house, and they found bloody clothes that I've been in. You know, how stupid can you be? I mean, to go and shoot somebody, kill somebody, and come back to the crime scene, and then drive the car, leave your car in your apartment, how stupid can you be? This crime was not thought through 100%. This was not something that he, no, he didn't do it. And that right there, you know, is one of the things that convinces me that he didn't was because it's so piss poor. Once you take into accountability the drugs that he was on, hallucinations, uh, sleep deprivation, being up for days on days, I think he was bitter, jealous, and envious. He just went over there and just had enough and, and shot the guy, man. The more we dig and the more we look into things, and we, the more we look into the information that was withheld by the prosecution, Slowly but surely, we're getting there. You know, I mean, I don't care how much lipstick you put on the pig. It's still, still a freaking pig, man. I think that Carlos cut hard to be right beside Ivan to know what he was doing at all times because this is what they were planning on doing, setting Ivan up for James's murder. Well, Carlos sure controls a lot of people, Ivan. Well, yeah. His statement is, is, is what got me here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's all behind us. I just know it in my heart. He did it or he knows he did it. I just have faith that the evidence is going to come out to release you, Ivan. I know, Mom. You know, and I'm going to believe in that. Me too. This is the last episode of the first half of season three. There are only a handful of episodes left, and there will be a short hiatus as the remaining episodes are put together and the remaining evidence is investigated. And I'm always looking for new information and tips from the public. For this episode, a composite sketch has been created of the so-called Pizza Man. It will be posted on our social media pages and website. According to Ivan and Ryan, the so-called Pizza Man would be in his mid-50s now. He was from the Valley, but also must have spent time around Dallas. If you have any information about this individual, please email me at CousinsByBloodPodcast at gmail.com. People doubted Reyna was real, but last season she was located, and Ivan's description was spot on for her. If this pizza man is real, this sketch should help in locating him. So over this hiatus, I'll be investigating any possible Pizza Man tips as well. And again, I'm not just looking for exculpatory evidence. I'm looking for any evidence. Later this season, there will be an episode that will present all of the additional evidence that could potentially indicate Ivan's involvement in the crime. All sides will continue to be investigated. All pieces of evidence will be presented to see the full picture and to get to the truth. And there's a lot you still haven't heard, including this. Ivan's mother 
found a bloody shirt right after the murder at Ivan's brother's apartment. Next time on Cousins by Blood. There will be an announcement on social media when the remaining episodes of Season 3 will continue. So follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can check out the website at CousinsByBloodPodcast.com. The Prosecution, read by Catherine Ganaimi Leach. Carlos's Trial Testimony, read by Joe Price. Mixing and Mastering, by Jody Abbott. Thank you for listening and stay tuned.